Effin, we're going live. Uh, yeah, we are going live. <laughs> uh, we got a great show today. A lot happened over the weekend. The Warriors concluded uh, their trip to Tokyo. Wildly successful, in my humble opinion. Colin Mills and I are going to break that down. Plus some roster moves uh, conducted by Bob Myers and staff. And speaking of Bob Myers, an awesome clip I'm going to play of him. I don't know exactly where or when it's from, but it's so just intelligent in terms of his approach to personnel decisions. We're going to break all that down and so much more. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NBA. You can follow Kylan Mills on Twitter at Kylan Mills. You can follow me, Cyrus Sotsas, on Twitter at DogSurfRocho. Kylan, your immediate reaction uh, to game two of the two-game clip we had in Japan. I thought it was awesome. Your thoughts? Yeah, I thought it was great, Cyrus. Um, I think we saw some really um, encouraging flashes from some of the young players. Uh, the number one standout for me was Patrick Baldwin Jr., which I think a lot of people would probably say the same thing. Um, I thought he looked great. He looked NBA ready. I love his shot. I think he just has a really smooth jumper. He looked really comfortable. He looked really confident. Uh, 12 points plus 23, I believe. Um, so I just, he was the first standout to me. I thought that Patrick Baldwin Jr. looked very much so NBA ready, which was kind of interesting given his, I guess, challenge uh, collegiate career, brief collegiate career. Um, there were a lot of questions about how ready exactly he would be, um, you know, coming off of injuries and some setbacks. And I thought he looked great. That was like the number one thing that I took away from the game. Yeah, I'm with you. Patrick Baldwin Jr. had a phenomenal game. In fact, the Warriors were down uh, I believe like midway through the fourth quarter. I don't know if he's, I'm guessing you stayed up for the whole thing. Cause we were texting yes. a little bit. Yes. <laughs> uh, it was a, it was a, it was a fun Saturday night, at least for me, it uh, goes to show my life these days, but um, it started at 10 PM Pacific time. And the, the young players are the ones who carried the team to victory. You talked oh, yeah. about Patrick Baldwin jr. Plus 23, but it was this three point shooting uh, that really stuck out. He was four for five from beyond the arc. Um, and overall, the two games he had were fantastic. He showed me he could play defense. He was a stout rebounder. Uh, again, the, the, he even had a post-up game. There, um, again, I mentioned we both have Twitter accounts, obviously. But if on mine, I posted a couple of video highlights. If you want to go check them out? Um, that's a compilation of, of him doing a fadeaway jumper uh, out of the post. Um, again, fantastic defense. I think he had a block because uh, he stands like 6'9", 6'10". He's a huge kid. Um, you know, as people are asking me, like, is he the steal of the draft? It's a little too early to say that, right? What do you think? Or is that going too far? I think so, but what do you think? I think it's too far. This was a preseason game, also played overseas. I know after our last episode, we were kind of talking about Jordan Poole and some of the shooting struggles in the first game. And several listeners were, you know, right to point out that this also had a lot of outside factors affecting the game. Starters aren't playing. So I think it's still way too early there were a lot of you know there's just a lot that goes into preseason games and it's not the same level of competition you're going to see in the regular season let's right. see how he does once we get some regular season games underway and then maybe 
Cyrus, you can be the one to make that proclamation and we'll run with it. <laughs> it's early, but I'll say this. Um, you know, if, if he's only a year removed from high school, he's still very young. Yeah. But when he came out of high school, he was a top five consensus uh, player. I mean, Duke wanted him. He went and played uh, in Milwaukee to, to play under his dad, uh, who was the head coach there. Um, he had numerous ankle injuries. <clears throat> he was the only really solid player. So other teams routinely focused on him defensively. Uh, schematics were drawn to stop him first and foremost. And it's really crazy how he gets drafted by the Warriors. He still supposedly had this ankle injury. Then the Warriors medical staff is like, come to us. We are your salve. And like a month later, he's perfectly fine. He's like out there playing. He looks healthy. He looks great. Um, it could very easily be the steal, but it is very early. I want to play this clip from uh, Bob Myers. Uh, it's about two minutes in length. It's from this, um, I think it's an annual sports analytic conference that MIT holds. And Myers was a guest. Uh, he was part of a panel. And he really shared a lot in terms of his insights on how he makes personnel decisions. Um, it was very fascinating hearing him say this. It might seem obvious, but when you look at what teams typically do, uh, it's not that obvious, I guess. Anyways, here's Bob Myers talking about what he looks for in a player. The playoffs are nothing like the regular season. They are two completely different sports. The way it's officiated, uh -huh. the, the way that he's playing 42 minutes uh, in the playoffs. I don't know what he averaged in the regular season when he was playing. So, so your bench is completely different yeah. in the regular season versus the playoffs. Uh, and you can prepare guys, differently. Uh, you it? can prepare differently. Absolutely. You have more time. And you do prepare differently. <clears throat> yeah. Not only can you, you do. And you better believe Paul listening to Doc as his coach in a regular season back-to-back -back game, he's going in the locker room. He's like, all right, who am I got? You know, in the playoffs, <laughs> he knows exactly what he's doing. Right. And by the way, in the playoffs, his first move is gone. It's like a baseball player that they say, well, here's our scouting report. He cannot hit a curveball away. Mm -hmm. He's getting a curveball away every single pitch. So if they say, Paul, take away his right hand, right hand drive, and the pick and roll are gonna blitz, whatever they know he does well is gone. Mm -hmm. So that's where you need to check as many boxes as you can. Even shooters, we played some great shooters in the playoffs and have neutralized them. Because if that's all you can do is shoot the three, then you're not, you're not necessarily the weapon that we sometimes make you out to be in the regular season. That two, in, two feet of space you had in the regular season is two inches. And you watch mm -hmm. how many players cannot make a shot in the playoffs and shoot 42% in the regular season. It's not the same thing. So why does that matter? The more dimensions you have to your game, the harder you are to take away. Shoot the three, get fouled, get to the free throw line, drive to the basket. Well, how am I going to go? Paul, what, what should I have done against Paul Pierce? I'll let him shoot three. No. Um, let him go to the rim. No. Foul him, no. Um, keep him off the free throw. You, there, there's too many things he does. Left, right, whatever. Oh, and by the way, let's pick on him defensively. No. That's what makes a Hall of Fame player. So you want as many of those guys as you can. So we can't get too caught up in like, let's have four shooters. Okay, well, what if those guys can't do anything else? Can't guard their right. position? So I think it's more than sometimes we make it out to be. And, and the people here, I assume, are basketball fans. You watch the playoffs. You'll know who can play basketball. What are your thoughts on that? I loved it. That was like poetry to me. What, what were your thoughts, Kylan? Um, I think he makes a great point. It's really interesting to hear him talk about the way that, you know, you put together your roster and 
what players are putting out their changes when it comes to the postseason, because he's absolutely right. You're playing against a higher level and these teams are going to be overly prepared. It's not like the grind of the 82 game regular season. And that's something that actually Steph Curry talked about before this past postseason as well as the players also prepare different differently because you're really just honed in on this one team in the seven game matchup. It's just, it's a totally different beast than what you see in the regular season. And Bob Myers is right. The more versatile you are, the more successful you're going to be in the postseason because, like he said, teams are scouting you and they know exactly what your strength is going to be and they're right. going to find a way to shut it down. And that's why I think the Warriors were so good and they were so unstoppable this last season. Yes, they were great at shooting the three ball generally and they have some of the greatest shooters of all time and they had big shooting nights however they also found ways to win when they were shooting terribly when Steph Curry didn't make a three um when they shot I can't remember what maybe 24 percent they had in game four of the Western Conference semifinals they shot terrible that night I don't know if you remember that game against the Grizzlies I do um, still found a way to win and I think that's why the Warriors were so successful is because they do have versatile players and they also are able to adapt their game plan when they aren't shooting well and that's what makes good teams great teams um and you know also I, it makes me immediately think of Steph Curry and the similar skill set that Jordan Poole is developing in that he can finish at the rim. He can finish in the mid-range. And he also can shoot the three ball. That's why he's so unstoppable. Because you can't just go out and clo over, close over the top on Steph Curry because then he'll go and find a way to make a pretty finish at the rim. So right. I, I think Myers is absolutely right. And that's where you find you know the best players and pieces for your team or the players who can do different things with the ball. Absolutely. And Myers participates in this. Uh, I believe that was from 2019, but... Uh, he participates in, in – he's done it at least more than once. Um, but you're absolutely right. And, and it makes me think of a lot of players that are just not cut out for the postseason. Uh, James Harden is one of the first yeah. players that comes to mind. He's someone who has has enjoyed wild uh, success in the regular season. Hi, Charlie. Um, <laughs> sorry. For the YouTube viewers, I, I love that. I think that's great. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, but, but James Harden – in the regular season, uh, he has that that gimmicky, like, you know, uh, a two-step, three-point shot that he does where he backs up, and, and, you know, after doing all his little, you know, tricks with the ball and, you know, all his, his dribble antics. You have a player like Chris Paul, uh, who, again, just does not really thrive in the postseason, but in the regular season, he's wildly successful. The Golden State Warriors, they're all about championships. And, again, I to me, I would think it is obvious that the postseason is the real season. The postseason is what all your focus should be on. And when you're looking at making personnel decisions, that's what you should be focusing on are players who are going to succeed when the pressure is tight, when those two feet that you have between yourself and a defender uh, from the three-point arc suddenly becomes two inches and how you adapt to that. Um, most teams don't do that. Most teams just don't either don't care or I don't even know what goes into the thought process, but kudos to the Warriors for, for having Bob Myers. Uh, in just a moment, we're going to talk about two personnel changes that the Warriors just did. And I'd love to get your insights on that, Kylan. Um, first, got to give some love to uh, LinkedIn. This is a brand new sponsor. And this is a big, this, I think this is a really big time sponsor. Um, I love sponsors where I don't have to like BS or fake it. Uh, <laughs> you really, LinkedIn, it, like you, that's really where you have to go to get a job. Like you have to. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know if you're not on LinkedIn when you're pursuing a job. I don't, you're doing something wrong because these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be a hundred percent certain that you, that if you're an employer, you have access to the best qualified candidates. And if you're a potential employee, that's where all the employers are looking. 
So you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And look, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NBA. And you can post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. Make sure you check out the Ultimate Pro Basketball Preview. It starts October 10th, one week from today. A six-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NBA season. The local team experts and the NBA insiders of the Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey all combining into one Ultimate NBA Preview. It starts a week from today, October 10th. Search for Ultimate Pro Basketball Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast, you can follow Kylan Mills on Twitter at Kylan Mills. Uh, two roster changes made today. Uh, first of all, a, a player that has—I didn't realize he had this many fans, but it wasn't until they released him that you and I both kind of realized, wow, a lot of people like this guy. And that's Mac McClung. Um, the Warriors have released him, and they're planning on bringing in guard Ty Jerome, a former first-round pick. Uh, he's six-five, despite playing the point guard position, so he's bigger. Um, any initial thoughts on? that transaction so i noticed before just he got released that mac mcclung was a fan favorite like he really developed a following during some of these summer league games because of what an exciting player he is to watch and i do i like mac mcclung i just don't know if he's ready 100 percent to make the nba jump and also i think it would be very difficult for him to compete on this current golden state warriors roster um also i think one of the biggest challenges for him is going to be just his size like in the nba nowadays like you've got it you know they're looking to go bigger and if you're not if you're six two like he or steph curry then you better have steph curry handles and a three ball and all this other stuff that being said uh matt mcclung was really fun to watch in summer league the way he can explode i mean he's got serious hops iris like his dunks so fun to watch. I know a lot of fans, myself included, were like, come on, let's get Mac McClung in the dunk contest this year because he has a lot of fun. Like, he's incredibly athletic. His explosion, his speed, his ability to get up, I mean, it, it's really impressive. I just don't know 100% if he's ready for the NBA game or to make a full-on jump and to compete for minutes on this Golden State Warriors team as it is. Right. Um, but I think he still has potential. Um, that being said, uh, I'm not as enthusiastic maybe as some fans. You were saying that Kevin Dana, very curious to see what he says, that he believes Mac McClung really does have a future as an NBA regular. I, I, you know, I, I want to see where he's at in a year. I think he's an exciting player to watch. He's a fun player to watch. Wish him the best. I thought he brought a lot to the table in summer league, super athletic. And, you know, hopefully he will make it. Yeah. And um, I'm very excited. And Kevin Dana joins the show every Wednesday. He's loved Mac McClung. So I am very curious to get his feedback yeah. on that. Yeah. Uh, but Ty Jerome's an interesting one because again, he's a, he's a former first round pick uh, back in 2019. I think it was the 24th overall pick. Uh, hope if uh, Yeah, that is correct. 24th. Um, drafted by the 76ers. He was traded to the Suns uh, and has just been jumping around. Uh, he was recently with the Oklahoma, Oklahoma City Thunder. It was part of that big trade that happened a few days ago. He got subsequently released. And if he clears waivers, he will join the Golden State Warriors. Um, and the expectation is if he makes the team, it'll likely be as a two-way player. 
since the Warriors uh, apparently don't want to add a 15th player to the roster. Um, I I think Lester Quinones has one of those two-way deals. So it, I think it'd be Lester who would be up for grabs. It's his spot. Um, I don't I can't see them uh, letting go of Quindary Weatherspoon unless they make Weatherspoon uh, give him a guaranteed deal. But again, in that case, you probably have 15 players on your roster. Um, any thoughts on him? I, I you know, and there isn't a lot to, to know, but again, he's big. Um, he played for he was a starting point guard on the 2019 Virginia Cavaliers national championship team. Uh, any thoughts? I know there isn't much, there's a lot there, but I don't know if it that elicited any reaction from you. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he has a little bit more experience than McClung, and he does have additional size, so maybe that was what was appealing to the Warriors. Um, that being said, I just think regardless of who it is, there's just not going to be a lot of minutes to go around at the bottom right. of this roster. I mean, especially when you look at the guard position. I know some people have talked about maybe wanting to take a little bit of pressure off Jordan Poole or get someone, a backup point guard who can be in the rotation uh, to you know take some minutes off uh, when Steph Curry's not on the floor. But still, just like based on how loaded the Warriors are at the guard position in their backcourt, I just feel like it's going to be very difficult for anyone at the bottom of the roster on a two-way deal to really compete for minutes, at least regularly or um, significant minutes. So I'm kind of like, eh, like I feel like that's going to be a tough spot to be in on this team, given the personnel the Warriors have. So, you know, we'll just have to see what happens. He does have a little bit of size. I think size goes a long way in the NBA today. Um you know, over Mac McClung and, and we'll just have to see what happens. Uh, I do. I did see though, that potentially if McClung doesn't get picked up, they could still, the Warriors could still or are interested in, in just signing him to Santa Cruz and he could end up staying around the Bay area, which I'm sure fans would be thrilled about, but um, we'll just have to see if he gets picked up at all. Absolutely. And that's a great call because the Santa Cruz Warriors this year could have a very talented roster. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go try and check out a game or two there this year, if possible. Um, and again, we're doing a live show today. Nick Ellert uh, is chiming in on YouTube. He says Mac McClung is a YouTube star uh, before he was in college, which makes sense given his athleticism. Um, but also, this move has to be a vote of confidence for Ryan Rollins, possibly. Yeah, Ryan Rollins looks good. Uh, and again, they're not bringing him in necessarily for offense. He might develop that over time. But early on in these two preseason games, based on at least my observation skills, he looked fantastic defensively. Uh, he didn't look out of place. He didn't look lost out there. So maybe you're right. I don't know. Any Ryan Rollins thoughts, Kylan? Uh, I felt like he was kind of invisible in this last game. I, he didn't play much. He was in single digits in minutes. And I remember he missed quite a few shots. I'm about to look it up. He went 0 for 4. Um, I thought he looked better in, in the first game. Like I said, he, he was a little bit invisible to me and a non-factor in that second game. Uh, another right. player, though, who didn't get a lot of time on the floor was Quindary Weatherspoon, who you just mentioned. Um, so, you know, it may not mean much. Um, and I think that he still definitely could have potential. I liked what I saw in game one, but like I said, I just felt like he was kind of a non-factor on Saturday. I'm with you. And I, and I think a huge reason for those uh, the lack of minutes for both Rollins and Weatherspoon is that the roster spots are secured and they're trying to make some tough decisions about the bottom of the roster. Um, although, and then and then there's also the you factor in Kaminga playing 25 minutes. They want to get him experience because um, he still looks a little and Moody lost as well. I think and Moody, Moody. yeah, you're right. Played 25 minutes, yeah. Moody played great. Did you see those slams he was throwing down? He was hitting clutch three. Moody is just he's ready. I Kaminga's. What are your thoughts on Kaminga from those first two preseason games? Like I. The talent's there. I mean, it's obvious he's going to be a great player, but I, I feel like the game is just not slowed down enough for him. Um, he's rushing things sometimes. He makes careless mistakes sometimes. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I mean, he had two turnovers in that second game. 
Uh, and I think he had like five or six on the first. But hey, any Kaminga thoughts from those first two uh, See, games in Japan? I just felt like it was similar to what I took away from Summer League is that he's still not quite there. Like he still just looks a little bit too raw. Um, and I thought the same thing on Saturday. He didn't do a lot offensively for me. You can still see, though, that he's physical and he does, you know, have NBA potential when it comes to the physical assets. I just feel like it's more of the mental side of the game, which I feel like a broken record saying this all the time. But like you said, maybe the game slowing down for him, really starting to see the floor better, knowing where to be on both offense and defense. Yeah, I just feel like he's not quite there. Like he still yeah. looks to me a little bit raw, which is what the Warriors knew they were getting. Um, it's just you hope that he makes some more leaps and bounds because he really could have a huge role off the bench this season, even bigger than he had last season. Um, so, you know, he's got it. He's got to really try to pick it up and learn quickly. Um, so I don't know. Like I said, I just feel like he's not quite there yet. He still looks a little bit lost to me. And mm -hmm. like I said, the physical tools are there. He just doesn't look necessarily like he always is confident and knows where to be and is in the right spots and, I don't know, is adjusted fully to the game, even though he's been playing for a year. Does that make sense? hundred percent makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Just the, and again, my, my feeling is, and you hear this as well from the coaching staff and his teammates, that it's just a matter of when, not yeah. if it's not quite there yet. I, I'm with you. Uh, the Warriors, by the way, uh, Mac McClung was not the only player they let go. There was a, a second player that was also released. And he, I actually thought releasing him was a bigger deal than losing Mac McClung. Uh, I'll get into that in just a moment because we actually have a, a second sponsor. Uh, the season's definitely coming back when you have more than one. Um, and, and that's Bet Online, longtime sponsor of the program. Wait, they got an overlay too. Jesus, you're making me work here, Locked On. Uh, oh, here we go. There's a. There's earn overlay. your money, Sai. Come on. Make <laughs> so work ben, for it. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting information this season. Kylan, while I'm really reading this, will you do me a quick favor? if you don't mind, and go to betonline.net and look up what the Niners line is. Um, oh, yeah, we're getting we're, close to game time. Exactly. We're recording this on Monday afternoon. We're live. Uh, the Niners play Monday Night Football tonight against the the super the reigning Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams. Uh, but And you can bet on that. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles, and analysis on every game you can find, including – the 49ers playing the Rams tonight, a game I'm not excited to see. I think they're going to get crushed. Uh, did you find that line? What's the, what, yeah, what so there's, there's just like a little NFL ticker at the top. And right now the 49ers are two point, point favorites or they're getting two points, uh, which is interesting. <laughs> so is. Are, uh, Cyrus, are you hammering the, the under here or what are you, what are you putting your money on? Rams money line. Do you know what that, what the, what this, what, what that, how that's looking? Does, that, does it no, show that? Let me look. Okay. No, like I just, it's a, little ticker at the top that literally it won't be much i bet you it'll be like plus 150 but i i do yeah. not see the point in betting the rams uh in getting two points you might as well bet the money line i'm gonna guess plus 150 right. on that plus 130 what are we looking at i don't know i can't oh, you don't need okay no big deal no big deal i'll i'll, I will, I'll get back come back to you in one second while i finish the read and well, as just always all these, all these things are like from the sunday games like all the articles they have at top so i'm trying to find where to if you click on uh, when you first when you first go to betonline.net, if you click on the link for odds, uh, that should send you to where all the spreads are and stuff. Um, and that Good goes for everyone go. if they go to betonline.net. And as always, it remains your continued source for all your sport wagering oh, really? information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport oh, out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball. The playoffs are just around the corner. MMA, boxing, and golf. Do we have a money line? Yes. Okay. The Rams are plus one ten. 
one t- oh yeah then yeah well it's still better than minus 110 which is what it would be if you got the rams plus two I, that's my recommendation i feel good about it the only reason why i'm guessing people are looking at me going you're a little crazy is because kyle shanahan routinely has sean McVay's number but this yeah. niners team folks i just i have no faith i do not have faith i know that's really? a Mark slogan you know the faithful or whatever i no faith in this niners team not with jimmy g as quarterback I, absolutely not I, what do you think what was your how are you feeling about it i think that the 49ers are going to figure it out because i still think Ooh. even with jimmy g they have too much talent to keep losing in the way they've been losing uh and you look and to me it like feels a little bit like deja vu to last season where they started three and five and they somehow figured it out and once again that was with jimmy g leading the way i think that jimmy is good enough to lead the 49ers like to the finish line, but not to cross it. You know what I mean? Like, I think yes, he's I like average to above average. And I think that with all the talent he has around him and with the stout 49ers defense that they should have and they have had in the past couple of years, like, they're still a good team. It's like they're just not enough to be a Super Bowl winning team with Jimmy G because when it comes down to these playoff games and you're playing at some of the best quarterbacks in the league, the better quarterback is going to win. And, and, you know, we've seen that in the history of the 49ers. And so that's why I think they're going to figure it out and they're going to be okay in the regular season. I also think that the NFC is wide open at this point. Um, mm-hmm. Like there really hasn't been any team that has like jumped out and grabbed, you know, has really stood out as, as the main contenders. So I think the 49ers are going to figure it out. I just don't think they're Super Bowl contenders with Jimmy G and they got to figure out what's going on at the quarterback position if they want to actually win a Super Bowl. That's fair. I mean, they let seven teams in the playoffs now. They could squeak in, but Jimmy G, I just he no longer makes me feel great, baby. Just doesn't do it. No, it's done. Uh, but regardless, you can head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, it's where the game starts. You are locked on Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. For making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day, make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Josh Lloyd hosts the number one daily fantasy basketball show on the planet. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Kylan and I are free and available on Twitter. You can follow her on Twitter at Kylan Mills. You can follow me at Dog Surf Roadshow. Uh, wrapping things up here, the Warriors made another uh, decision besides Mac McClung, um, and that was their big man, Travion Williams. Uh, they waived him as well to make room uh, for a player that I was not familiar with at all named Anthony Lamb. If anything, the most interesting interesting thing about him, uh, upon doing research, he's a, he's, a, he's a power forward who stands like 6'5", 6'6", um, but he's got an interesting upbringing. His mom was 17 when she had him. Uh, he only met his dad five years ago, so he actually takes his mom's last name. Um, so he's had a bit of an, uh, a potentially challenging upbringing. I actually respect that for athletes because I feel like it makes them more tougher-minded. Um, but beyond that, I he's, he's undrafted. I don't know what Bob Myers sees in him, but hey, and Bob, we trust, right? Any thoughts from you on Trayvon Williams? Trayvon, I'm sorry, Williams being released and the team adding Anthony Lamb to the training camp roster. It's hard based on the wizard wizardry that Bob Myers in the front office has pulled off to question them. I'm on the same page as you. I don't know exactly what they see. I mean, he did have an impressive G League campaign because I kind of did the same thing. I had to do a little bit of research, um, but he averaged like 18 points, almost nine rebounds a game, three assists, one and a half steals, 1.3 blocks. 
um, for the Rio Grande Valley Vipers. So, (laughs) I mean, that is impressive numbers for the G League. And I think it shows just his ability to, you know, it looks like he's impressive rebounding ability, defensive abilities. Um, So, you know, we'll just have to see. He's not a player that I was too familiar with. Um, But I also did want to mention there apparently is some controversy surrounding him. Immediately when I went to look him up, he was accused of sexual assault while a student Mm. at Vermont. And I think that tag has followed him a little bit into his, you know, professional career. Um, he was accused of sexual assault and rape while he was on the basketball team or he was involved in that investigation. So, um, just something of note that, you know, there is a little bit of that still, I think, lingering, uh, you know, with his persona when you're accused of something that serious, you know, it is troubling. Very troubling. Absolutely. It's, it's, I mean, because then now you're talking about actual physical contact, not just words being made or, or putting someone in an uncomfortable position just from, you know, the environment. That's bad. That's just bad. There's no way to put it. Uh, let's hope that's not true uh, because you, he wasn't convicted of that, right? Or so, there was yeah, no... so there were not criminal charges filed. However, okay, it was like the right. school had released, you know, that they, someone had come to them, whatever they were investigating, members of the basketball team involved in a sexual assault and a gang rape. Um, he was never charged with anything, you know, innocent until pro- proven guilty. But still, whenever you have that, those serious allegations surrounding you or a basketball program, obviously very concerning. It's a flag. It's a flag for sure. Um, well, and the thing is, again, my Larry, our, our buddy Larry Kruger really loved Trevion Williams. I liked him. Yeah. In the first two games, I was impressed. In fact, uh, Patrick Baldwin Jr., um, I, I it was Trevion grabbing rebounds, making the passes that oftentimes would end up in PBJ's hands. I thought he's played great. It's a little surprising that, that they cut him, but um, the folks over at the Warriors Reddit account, uh, that's weird to say, but they're actually, uh, I think they're based in Santa Cruz. Um, yeah. And there's a couple of, there's a couple of them that run the account. And one of them is like a salary cap expert. I might even bring him on the show one day, uh, but he tweeted, his Twitter account is at GSWCBA. Uh, he tweeted that Travion Williams has an exhibit 10 deal whatever that means, and will likely be designated as an affiliate upon being waived and will join the Santa Cruz Warriors for the upcoming season, provided another NBA team doesn't snatch him up first. So for those of you that love Travion, uh, based off the uh, the NBA, the Warriors Reddit uh, authors, um, they feel strongly that Travion will come back and play for Santa Cruz, which just makes the roster that much stronger. I really like the kid. Uh, do you have any feelings about Travion? Uh, I thought he did well. As, uh, also, I thought he did a good job rebounding and battling for boards. Um, I think it'd be great to see him in Santa Cruz. Like, I think a lot of fans would be thrilled if we saw him and McClung. And I'm trying to look up, like, has McClung been tied to any other teams who are potentially interested in him during um, this offseason? Because I really don't know. I don't know either. I haven't seen anything. Um, I haven't either. Yeah, we'll find out. So that's what the Warriors are doing right now. And again, Bob Myers, his track record's impeccable. Uh, I will trust these decisions that he's making. Um, I wanted to end the show on a different note because uh, on Friday we were talking about how Clay Thompson wasn't going to play in the two games in Japan, and we were starting to wonder if maybe the team's playing a, a you know taking a cautionary note with this, playing it safe. But no, it turns out, and Clay in a press conference uh, admitted this that um, he has some psychological scars from uh, playing summer pickup basketball and tearing his ACL uh, about a year after his his. I'm sorry. He tore his Achilles playing pickup basketball a year after his ACL injury. Um, and he said that played into it. He, he admitted that, that uh, it was a short off season. We saw all his social media posts. The guy was having the time of his life and rightfully so, 
but it also meant he didn't play a lot of basketball. And again, he's got this mental hurdle where he doesn't seem he doesn't feel comfortable playing uh, pick up basketball yet. Um, so, what did you take from that? I mean, what, any opinions on Clay? Base and I talked to Rick Barry about this, and he said that's perfectly normal. But your thoughts? Because I mean, look, you're an athlete as well. Uh, it's not an unusual thing. But what do you think about that? Yeah, I just think, you know, it's really traumatic to go through injuries like what Clay Thompson has been through. And I think that from the outside looking in, it's hard to really be able to understand just like what mentally you go through um, when when you deal with something like that. I just I don't know. Um, it, it doesn't entirely surprise me. And I just think that it's hard. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, people listening to the podcast, Charlie walked behind Kylan again. And I waved hello because I like Charlie. Go ahead, sorry. <laughs> uh, when you are married, it's impossible to have any privacy in, in a small house in the San Francisco Bay Area. So, sorry. My apologies. Um, but I just think that it's really, really mentally taxing um, when you go through a series of serious injuries, when you have to undergo surgeries, when you're away from the game that you love. And like that was like that was, and I think still is. However, I think that he has transformed a little bit, but. That was like Clay Thompson's whole identity as well. Like, I think that's something that people don't realize when you take the way away the game from someone who's had that as a, their identity for so long. Like, right. it's just really traumatic and it's hard to deal with that. And, you know, it takes a long time after you get back to trust your body and then also to like mentally recover from having to go through something like that. I don't know. I just think it's, it's kind of hard to understand unless you're in it. And especially if you're playing to a level and you're in a professional, you know, I never played professionally to where like that is who you are. Um, yeah. And then when you get hurt and, and you go through, like he did two years without the game and two back-to-back traumatic injuries and two surgeries, mm -hmm. um, you know, I just would imagine that it has to have long lasting effects in some of these athletes. Uh, but that being said, I love Clay Thompson and where he seems to be at in this off season, because I think part of the injury that was a positive for him was that he found himself. Um, and he also found a lot of hobbies and loves that we all get to enjoy watching uh, unfold on Instagram with his boating and swimming and some of the other things that he likes to do. Um, but I think that's great. I think it's great for athletes to have a little bit of balance, especially if you're not someone who has a family. Like Steph Curry has talked a lot during the postseason about how his family grounded him, uh, you know, during some of the the most difficult games or stretches or, you know, when you're really just like it's basketball, basketball, basketball all the time, like that helps give you that mental break and a physical break that you need to try to get away from the game when you do have a family outside of it. So for someone like Clay who's single, you know, I think it was actually, you know, there's a silver lining to this is that it seems like he really found himself and now he's like really having fun and enjoying the game and is so much joy, but also, you know, knows that there's another part of him that he's kind of unlocked and, and gotten to know more and some of his outside hobbies. Absolutely. Uh, the Sorry, next that was like a long roundabout way to talk about what it's like to go through injuries. But like I said, I think he's come out stronger and I think he's come out, you know, on the other side and I'm excited to see what he does this season. I mean, it definitely mentally toughens you up too to have to go through something like that. Absolutely. No, and you, you articulated yourself very clearly there. Um, I followed. Uh, and again, the next Warriors preseason game is going to be Sunday, October 9th. It's a home game against the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, so LeBron and crew are going to come in town. That does it. Are we good? Go Niners, even though I don't think they're going to win. If you bet on the Rams, you know, more power to you. Um, are we good? I think we're done. We good. We're wrapping? We good. All right. So I'm excited. The team's coming back. They're going to be practicing, you know, back at home this week. I'm hoping to get out later this week and hopefully we'll get some insight. We'll get to see some players back on the ground in San Francisco. And then, you know, we'll get some games back inside of Chase Center. How freaking fun is that? 
Hell yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for that as well. So stay tuned, everyone. We'll be back at it tomorrow. Kylan Mills joins the show every Monday and Friday. So Kylan, I will see you Friday. Uh, and thanks for everyone participating on the live stream and see you tomorrow.